Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this episode of the Front Office Podcast, we'll be joined again by Sean Gantworker as we talk more NBA bubble life. We'll also give our picks of the Bubble Awards on an all-new episode of the Front Office Podcast. Pleased to be joined by my Batman and my Robin, my buddy Sean Gantworker. Sean G, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming back in. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, thanks. Uh, just trying to stay inside. It is stiflingly hot in Scottsdale, Arizona, so perfect opportunity to uh, just sit on the, house, the couch and watch some hoops. Man, today is the day. This is Bubblegate today. Winter go home, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as we speak, I don't know if we want to date this, we got some pretty, pretty pivotal matches going on, so we'll probably know more in the next hour or two, but it's pretty juicy for that last spot in the West. Okay, okay. If you want to date it, go on and date it. I don't mind, brother. Okay. Yeah, so it's well, what, I mean, Phoenix? I'm, I'm currently following uh, the Memphis Grizzlies' uh, valiant attempt to uh, strike off the Bucks B team so that the Suns... <laughs> could maybe just make it in depending on what uh, portland does it's it's actually a heck of a lot more interesting than i would have thought two or three weeks ago definitely definitely i still didn't understand the how this eight nine play-in game was going to be until about or how it was going to play out until about two days ago i said ah i get it <laughs> yeah, i kind of understand like i don't feel like i could explain it right but i feel, I feel like right. I, I vaguely know so is what's the score is milwaukee i hope no i no ill intentions on memphis great team but i want to see a phoenix portland play in so is milwaukee how are they playing against phoenix i mean against uh memphis uh, Memphis right now is up by six with about five minutes left in the second uh, because Dylan Brooks, your guy, has yeah. just been absolutely on fire. Oh. And they've been feeding it to uh, Jonas Valanciunas, Valanciunas excuse yeah. me, and yeah. Brandon Clark down low. And, I mean, Chris Middleton is Milwaukee's only r- real attempt at, a, at an offensive contributor on the court right now, and he's just struggling. You know, it would you would think that someone like Chris Middleton would – in a meaningless game, want to just throw up a uh, hundred shots just because Giannis isn't there because he's wrestling, and 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 he just has that opportunity in a meaningless game. You would think that I would. Not just that, but Middleton. I mean, he's very close to a statistical shooting milestone, and for him to actually be out there and shooting inefficiently is maybe the worst thing that he could do from. Right. I don't know, a basic stats perspective. But, I mean, I got to spend some time around Chris Middleton mm-hmm. uh, back when I was in Milwaukee. That was 2013-2014. I was uh, the PR intern there. And I think Middleton's maybe the hardest worker I ever saw, barring actually Giannis. Middleton just wants to just wants to ball, you know? So I don't think there's anything selfish to any of the decisions he ever really makes. Right. He just wants to go out there and help the team win. Oh, yeah. Um, that's uh, Dan Smychek, right? Yeah, Mr. Mr. Dan Smechek. Yeah, Smechek. Yeah. No, I think it's Smechek. It's Smechek. It's Smechek. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, that's cool, man. You know, um, I think uh, I want Milwaukee to win this game because I want to see Devin Booker and and Dame Lillard to the to the end to the. Du- I challenge you to a duel. May the best man win. God, I, I I would absolutely love that too. I think it's a really ideal matchup. And it's not, like I said, I'm sorry. Those teams and those players themselves, it's just going to be an absolute rain of firepower going on. And both these guys are playing the, I mean, are probably the best ball in the league right now. So watching them go together, I mean, what more could you want? You know, I I think uh, Devin Booker, you know, when when Draymond Green made his statement about Devin Booker, you know, needing to get out of Phoenix, I don't... I think Devin Booker already had the the um, fire lit under him for bubble for the bubble. I think that the rest of the team kind of said, "Wait, wait, why should he leave? We're good." And I think the entire team is taking it like as a challenge, like no one respects them, you know. And Monty Williams is doing an excellent job with that team. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I've always had respect for Monty Williams more as a human being than a basketball coach. He's a great man. But what he's doing right now, finding pieces that work for his team this late in the season with everything going on is, is really incredible. And arguably, if you could expand this run for a lot longer, it's coach of the year material. I mean, obviously... Not now, given the, the small nature of the bubble, but really can't say enough good things. And, and I, I'll admit, I used to doubt Devin Booker, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he was always on arguably very poor teams, but he always was looking for his shot. You would see those 50-point games, you know, where he's putting up just so many shots and so many shots. But I think he's learned from that. And I don't think you can say enough about what having an actual point guard has done for his game. A guy like Rubio, where he can, he can, you know, he can work off the ball a little bit more, and he's found it. And now I have to retract every negative thought I ever had about him because when it mattered the most, he's he's balling. Was Rubio that was a James Jones pickup, correct? Oh yeah. Okay, and yeah, yeah. Jones too. What a job he's done just Goodness finding, gracious. <laughs> yes. He's found like a seven man rotation that works. I really don't think this team is deep enough to make any significant run. I'm obviously looking at the number, but the pieces he has in place, including the draft picks he's made. Oh yeah. Johnson is amazing. Oh my God! I'm, and and what, a, what a physical specimen too. The guy, a guy's a shooting guard coming out of high school, plays maybe a little bit of four in college, but now just finding himself in a front court with DeAndre Ayton. It's it's and and playing well and playing very well. Remember when he got drafted and when Co- um, Kobe was on Kobe White was on the stand and they told him that he got drafted. He's like, wow, wow, mm-hmm. and everyone was like, it was a little bit. I don't think Kobe was saying it was high because Kobe knew how hard he worked and the potential that. He, well, he saw Cameron a lot, you know. Yeah. But other people thought that that pick was a little bit too high. I mean, it's it's tough to see where these guys who ostensibly are tweeners are ever going to fit the minute they're drafted, because they put so much work into their bodies and so much work into their game that you know by by draft day to the start of a start of a training camp. They can be in a completely different positions. But seeing Cam Johnston out of, out of college and drawing a conclusion that early was a mistake a lot of people made, and he's starting to prove people wrong. He and he has a nice little jumper too. And he's he, what is he six ten now? Is he six ten? He's six eight according to the uh, official profile okay. I've been looking at, which okay. means he could either he's be you know six six, six with yeah. shoes or yeah. maybe a little something better. I, I thought he was just a little bit tall. I thought he was more. Um, Drogen Bender-ish, you know, size or, but you know, they have, they got Frank Tank on that team as well, right? Oh, that's a horrifying reference to a comparison to make anybody who's (laughs) been watching this on Drogen Bender, but they do have Frank Tank not really getting any minutes, but he will occasionally just show up in garbage time. There's a, there's a reason why he was a fan favorite and a pretty damn good player in college. I mean, uh, I don't think he has the true NBA skill set, but he's got his, he's got his purpose. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think Phoenix, you know, and then we go over to – I always wanted a four to play alongside DeAndre Ayton. Ayton, And the thing about it is if they don't make the playoffs, watch them mess around and, like, get into the lottery. I mean, the top three. Watch them. I've been thinking about that, too. I was – I was looking at a hypothetical hypothetical draft for them, and obviously, I mean, they're playing well at the best possible time for for – I think that development, but traffic wise, honestly, who knows with the new system, but right. I think an ideal player we're looking for, I think definitely they probably want to get a, get a four yeah. who can help space a little for Aiden, but yeah. I think you look at how weak that, that backcourt is beyond the starters. Yeah. Uh, Rubio and Booker, I think, are a really wonderful combination. Right. And I obviously like how campaign is playing right now, but I'll tell you as a, as a Bulls fan, I right. wouldn't put any long time mileage on that guy. Right. So you just you, as it stands. So pretty much what I mean, Rubio's still rather young, but there, you still should want a, a, a playmaking point guard that you're grooming behind him. Correct. Yeah, I mean exactly. You want a guy who can initiate the offense, yes. But I also think if you could get a guy who, yes, could be a little bit of a playmaker, but also help shore up defensively what they've got going on to mm-hmm. compensate for you know. Booker's weaknesses, because that's not a huge strength of him. He has gotten better, and Rubio, it really oscillates depending on the season for him, honestly. I really think the perfect fit before this run probably would have been a guy like Tyrese Halliburton. Mm. Yeah, so Iowa State. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that guy's got the size. He's got the skill. 
he he shoots effectively enough from three that he really can initiate offense for himself. But I think they might have played themselves really out of his range because I think that's a guy who's going to test incredibly well if we have some kind of combine or you know Zoom player video. So then it's just a matter of as you get into the eight nines tens seeing where you can address need for them. And if we're looking for a guy who you can pair up with Johnson and Aiton, I really like that freshman from USC Okongwu. in terms of growth potential. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Okongwu. Oh, yeah. Yes, Okongwu, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's a guy you can, you, know, you can look at and just project a world of expectations on depending on his work ethic. Yes. So it's, it's tough to, it's obviously tough to know what's going on in his head, but... Assuming he does work, work hard, and maybe finds a little bit of a jump shot that he hasn't displayed quite yet, but he's just so young. But he's a rebounder and a defender, and he'll block shots, and he'll kind of make up. Which is ideal. Yes, to work with Aiton. Exactly. Would just be absolute terrors, and it would allow you to hopefully give Aiton a little more rest. Mm Mm-hmm. Allow Johnson to be a floor spacer with him, yep. with uh, Ogunku, yep. you know, back there, yep. and help make the team more deep and versatile, which is exactly what they need. Definitely, I, I totally agree with you. I think that of those three teams—Portland, Phoenix, and Memphis—the team who's out of the bubble or out of the play-in or nine or whoever misses—I think they're going to get a top three pick. I don't I know why. That. I think that one of those three—Portland, Phoenix, or Memphis. Is going to get a top three pick, and that's going to set their franchise to the next level. What an absolute dream it would be for Portland to do that, right? And I think this is probably the worst possible draft for them to have gotten there, right? But I mean, they're, they're great. They have one of the best scouting staffs in the league. So oh yeah, if they can find the guy they think is going to work. In it'll it'll be in this draft. Imagine and, Denny Avedija oh fall into Portland at the number three pick, <laughs> and you just <laughs> grooming him under Melo. I mean, it would be unbelievable. Unbelievable. It would be the best case scenario because what they have going for them is this continuity Mm -hmm. that's truly incredible. But eventually, similar to what happened, I think, to the Atlanta Hawks earlier this decade, when you have a bunch of guys who have grown together to a point where there's just no longer growth happening, and it's solely dependent on a guy like Lillard just lighting his hair on fire. And frankly, if anybody can will his team to a victory, it's Ian Lillard. Yes. There is time for fresh blood in the change. Yes. And I think if Portland could just find them with that gifted in their lap, that's a team ready to hopefully finally advance past, you know, the first and second round of the playoffs. Now, which Atlanta team are you speaking of when you in comparison, when you were comparing them? That just I mean, could I'm no more of, growth. I'm thinking about, the, about that team with the, with a very young Jeff Teague. Okay. A Joe Johnson, yeah. a, a Horford, and Smith. And yeah. I, I don't think the team... Uh, asset-wise is directly comparable, but we talk about the term basketball hell, Yeah, right, where you're on that treadmill, mm-hmm. and you're going back and forth, and I think the reason, I think Portland stands a danger of mm-hmm. being a little step ahead on that treadmill, but just finding it there, because right. their conference is always so strong, Yes, and I think their greatest, the, the greatest thing they benefit from is Terry Stotts, their head coach, who I would oh, yeah. argue is probably a top five guy in the league. Definitely. And he gets more out of the team than anybody. But I do think they stand the risk of just stagnating and finding themselves in this perpetual playoff run where every once in a while, you know, LeBron James or Anthony Davis is just going to punch you in the face. So the reason why I asked you which Atlanta Hawk team you're talking about, because I was wondering if you were talking. So I wasn't on that team. I was on the team the year before that, right before Teague got there. So I was on the uh, Al Horford, Marvin Williams, Mike Bibby um, team. Uh, Who else was on that team? Joe Johnson, Josh Smith. You know, and, and you're absolutely right. We would always draw Boston in the playoffs. We took them to game seven one year, but we lost that. Went up to Boston and lost. That was the KG and Paul Pierce team, Ray Allen. And we just stayed we always made the playoffs and you know Woody always made the playoffs and then Larry Drew took over and made the playoffs but there was no stagnant no going up and then no going down you know it was just staying six seed seven seed and never making a move and that's or eighth seed and never making a move you know mm-hmm. um and I think sometimes when teams are just there they and they don't move and I thought Portland was like that but they were running into a bus of the Warriors so there was no way for them to Everyone was, no one was projecting. It was just them. It was just the Warriors in Cleveland. That was it. Um, so with Portland, I thought this was the year that anyone could win. LeBron was licking his chops. So were the Clippers. But Dame was licking his chops as well because 
he knew the only team that was standing between him and the finals were the Warriors because he always had to play them. Yes. I really think Portland would beat the Lakers. I don't think Phoenix would. Oh, I mean, right now? Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd, probably, I'd probably put money on that. Yes, yes. I think Phoenix would give you one of those um, five-game series where maybe they take one. Right. And and they put in a fight, but eventually just go overwhelmed. I think Portland could legitimately go, go blow for blow uh, now, especially because the Lakers are just showing so much rust. Right. And Portland's playing their best ball. And so I, I think it could be one of those situations where you have game one and Portland just takes it to them and you have a Lakers team reeling. And I think they have the emotional maturity to to uh, to bounce back from that. But... I'm not sure they really have the personnel in the place where they want to be to face a Portland team that's firing on all cylinders. On all cylinders. You know, I think uh, C.J. McCollum's a little injured with his back. I'm not sure. But um, if he works out okay, then I definitely see that. You want to make some picks or are you, you, you're going to just stand stand back and watch? That's, uh, I got I to gotta put a little on the line here. I guess let's make some picks. All right. So Milwaukee, Orlando, I'm sure you're going to say Milwaukee. Milwaukee and it's not going to be particularly close. No. Right, that's probably like four one at the at the well. You know who knows four one four two maybe. You know, but sweet yeah. probably Toronto Brooklyn. I'm going to go with Toronto, but it's not going to be as easy as everyone thinks. It'll be it'll be fun. It will I mean, be just fun. Watching what Brooklyn's been doing, but yeah, Toronto Toronto will take them out in about five. Yeah, uh, let's skip Miami and Indy. That's going to be a great one. Uh, our guy Jimmy Butler TJ Warren matchup, uh. assuming a. Oh. I always get worried when when you hear plantar fasciitis, and they're right. trying to downplay it out of Indiana, but right. a foot's a foot, you know? A foot is a foot. <laughs> I think Jimmy Butler versus TJ Warren for seven games is must-see TV. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. I don't and know then, who to pick on that. Who do you have there? Oh, God. And then having a guy like Hero, oh, yeah. who really seems like he could just announce himself on a national stage like this. I think I got Miami. I think I'd go with Miami, yeah. too, but that might be the best I'm mean, it, it might be the best matchup out of the East. Yeah, I have Miami. Um, yeah. Actually, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I think the best matchup in the East is going to be the next one, Boston and Philly. I was thinking that too, but I'm I'd be very worried if I was a Philly fan. I'm I'm and and I'm going to jump out on a limb here. I think without Ben Simmons and with I think Joel Embiid knows all I got to do is pretty much get past Boston, and I'm in the finals. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Think about that. Absolutely. All I got to do is get past them because I can beat Toronto. And I I can beat Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. And what storyline that would be, and the media has tried to paint it as Simmons being a liability for Embiid. And while I don't think they personally feel that way about each other, it would be a heck of a story for Embiid to legitimately go out there. Right. And and prove it. And and that's what I think. He's going to... Remember when Kareem got hurt and Magic in his rookie year took over and they won? I think it's going to be reversed. Oh, yeah. It's going to be reversed because Shake Milton can do the job, first of all. And he's arguably a better fit with Embiid, too. Definitely. And I think people are giving not giving him the credit. you know. And, and now Al Horford and Tobias, they can get more playing time. And Ben, hey, it's going to hurt your feelings, buddy. You're going to be... You might be watching that ring ceremony. Why That would suck. But I think Philly's going to beat Boston. Wow. I, I don't think I'm on the same page with you. I think I think it'll be good. I think Philly will surprise people, but I think Boston's just so deep. I actually I do want to walk something back from our last podcast. Uh-oh. I talked a little down on Jalen Brown, <laughs> and uh, I've been watching him a little more and, and just going through the stats. Not know what the heck I was thinking. I mean, he's he's uh, he's a star contributor. So uh, let's let's wipe that away from the okay. record. But right. I mean, even even uh, I mean, think about it. For me, forgetting about a guy like Jalen Brown, right. and putting all the onus on a guy like you know Tatum, mm-hmm. Kemba, Hayward, it says something about just how deep that team is. Now Kemba will definitely try to rattle Shake Milton, but okay. I don't know if. But I think Embiid is going to put on his superhero his his cape. I think he's really going to say, you know what? Watch this. Well, I mean, Embiid's just going to eat. Yes. He's going to eat the entire time. Yes. I mean, I, I respect the improvements Enos Cam- Cantor has tried to make defensively. Right. I like what Williams is contributing in limited minutes. 
uh, Taco Fall won't get any minutes, but no. <laughs> I, I respect that body. Yes, definitely. <laughs> you know, but um, Embiid's just going to do whatever the heck he wants. And it's just going to be a matter of whether those other, you know, supplemental contributors, Tobias Harris and Horford, can supplement his game and really try to get some of those rangy wings Boston has to shut down. And Kemba, too. I mean, I'm biased. Kemba's uh, my favorite college player of all time. I was I was at UConn when he won that championship almost single-handedly. There's mm. a reason they call him Cardiac Kemba. Mm. And I am very excited to see him with an actual team around him rather than, you know, those upstart uh, Hornets teams that would just get dominated by LeBron James right. every other year. Right. So I think that Kemba Walker will recognize the challenges Shake Milton has and depending on how truly healthy his knee actually is. And uh, it's looked pretty good so far. A little rust, obviously. I think he'll win that matchup. You know, I, I kind of agree with you. Let's... uh. So let's go to the West then. Okay, so it looks like Memphis might pull this off against Milwaukee today. Yeah. Let's just say Memphis and Portland does the play-in. Who wins that? Portland? Portland. Yeah. All right. Let's save that one for last. OKC Houston, who you got? This really, this has changed, hasn't it, in the last couple hours? Uh, has that Westbrook it? news? It has? Oh, yeah, the Westbrook news. That's right. Go ahead. Tell me about it. I mean, I, I would originally say uh, Houston – fairly convincingly but if you say anything about Chris Paul it's that he can sense weakness and prey on it and the fact that he is going to be in a position to go after a guy like Austin Rivers or even Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams I think it's going to be a little closer than we all expected I think think it'll be a very good series I, I think it'll be a very good series I've got OKC over Houston do ya? I do I got I got Chris Paul just I need to sh- I need to sh- shut James Harden up right now. Yeah. I, I mean it's it's easier said than done though. Oh yeah, I it is. Say I, I accidentally put Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams on that team. They're in Los Angeles. You sure did. I didn't I wasn't going to say anything. I know you know better than that. Oh yeah. yeah I I, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, brain fart. But yeah. I'm just putting poor Austin Rivers in a situation where him and Eric Gordon have to be more on the ball. Right. Chris Paul's just gonna just gonna go to town on that. Oh yeah, definitely. What about that Darius Baisley kid? I love him. <laughs> That's a guy who in two to three years is gonna be a wildly different player and almost impossible to stop. I told you last week last podcast I said I like Dort, I like Diallo, I love that and they was fifteen picks. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, 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 I mean, we, we talked a lot about uh, what Presti has done, and yes. you really can't say enough. He's assembled a team that we are now basically saying could face the probable runner-up for the NBA uh, MVP award right now and maybe take him to six and maybe even pull it out. Mm-hmm. So I uh, can't say enough about that. I, I really struggle with a prediction here, but... It's hard to underestimate what Harden can do with the ball in his hand. And mm-hmm. now that Westbrook's gone, the usage rate will even go up. Right. But you know what? You know what? Why not? I'm going to Oklahoma City, too. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Here's a good one. Denver, Utah. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. coached young, young basketball teams. I love what I'm seeing in Michael Porter Jr. I love what I'm seeing in Bowl Bowl. He took a he stole a pass yesterday, took it base I mean took it down a just took it down I think he eluded Lou Williams for a, a dunk from like the line. It was crazy and he just was so smooth with it. And it's 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 just like his his dad, yeah. you know. You have this insane uh, insane proportions that hide this incredible athleticism. Right. The, the things he can do in that frame are are truly incredible, and it's tough to project anything long term. But we all knew coming out of the draft that this guy was either going to be a top five potential player or yep. one of those mid lottery talents that you wonder what could have been. Right. And watching him develop in this situation, for one, I think the bubble has been absolutely incredible for him, uh, giving him the uh, the ability to be closer around to these teammates. Yeah. Watch all these games, learn a little. Yep. Can't say enough about what that's clearly meant to him. I think but, for him and Porter, it yeah. kind of is season two for them. 
You know, I think, um, and that's why I'm picking Denver over Utah. Uh, I, th- I think I think I'm on board with that too. Yeah. I think it'll be close, obviously, and yes. it'll be very good basketball. But it's hard for me to see even Donovan Mitchell on his uh, at his you know at his peak. That's a lot of length to, to, to compete with that kind of uh, chemistry that Denver's clearly shown in the depth they have. And that's a lot of length on on on, on. they are long they are long. Oh yeah, yeah. We didn't even talk about the big guy. Even bringing a guy like Jeremy Grant or Noah Vonley off the bench—that's just circus proportions of incredible uh, wingspan. Definitely, definitely. Um, uh, Here's a good one: Clippers, Dallas. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you would ask me at the start of the bubble, I'd probably have said Dallas, to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I was a little apprehensive as to what the Clippers were looking like without Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell and then Paul George had never really shown out right. like he like you know he can. But these last six games where he's clearly rounded into form and they're finding a lot of things that are working uh depth wise that work the depth wise that weren't working in their favor before. I I'd, I'd say good basketball once again, but I think the Clippers have got this. You know, I'm I'm I think so I, I love Luca. I think they won the well. No one won that trade, but I think no one's mad either. But Luca, I just think that he's just Trey's so good too. But Luca's so good as well, and I and I. <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? I mean, Luca's just a force of nature. I mean, right. I don't think if you're Atlanta, you're incredibly disappointed because Trey Young's, by all accounts, a, a great young man, a fine right. basketball player. But no, you know who's disappointed? You- the Sacramento Kings. Oh God! I mean, we we could talk about that for hours. But yes, I there's mean, a certain it, level of shame assets of the uh, of that organization need to feel that I don't think they're capable of feeling. I tell you, um, Marvin Bagley, you better you, you better shape up, bro. I mean, sheesh, you, there's some jobs on the line there. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, yeah, I and, think uh, yeah. If, if Joe Dumars has his way, that those changes might come sooner rather than later. Yep. So. Uh, that's a that's a whole podcast in and of itself. Right. Um, I think that I'm still going to pick the Clippers because I think Kawhi is going to take it upon himself to try to lock down Luka. I, I think so, too. I think he's like, you know what? Hold on, you guys. Hold on. I, I know he's good. He's he's 20 years old. He's 21 years old. But just everybody slow down for a minute and I'll show you why. Absolutely. And I think... While I like I, I like the pieces Dallas has assembled, I think ultimately the sheer size of Los Angeles is going to be a factor here. Now, if a Willie Cauley Stein is in that Dallas team in that bubble, then I'd probably think about it because I probably rethink that. Yeah, things things change when you're putting out you know Maxi Kleber or Boban. Yes, yes, and uh, and I think uh, Dallas this draft needs to go ahead and you know that twentieth pick grab the the best big they possibly can just because uh you know Kristaps and and those guys they need a little bit more help I, I think so too I mean uh Willie Cauley Stein were he coming under the draft this year is probably that guy right but he's got the he's got the mileages on him yeah he's got the inconsistent reputation and unfortunately the injury history has really plagued him uh but you know idealized version of him he's that guy and uh it's going to be tough to, to see in this draft who it could be, but clearly allowing Kristaps to be a little more assertive offensively and not have to worry about getting back on defense and compensating for those guys back there would be do a world of difference for them. I also think we need to focus more on, on their shooting guard. I, I like Seth Curry quite a bit, but yes. he's so undersized. Yes. And he's a, it's just an automatic mismatch when he's on the court. Could they could the they part. could they swing for like an RJ Hunter in the uh, in the draft this year and just kind of just develop him? You think uh, is it Hampton? Hampton, Hampton. I'm sorry, RJ RJ Hunter RJ was the one at Georgia uh, State. Yeah, he, yeah. I, I liked him coming. Yeah, I did too. To yeah, Georgia oh. State. Yeah, RJ Hampton. Yes. But I think that would be very interesting, and in fact, I believe uh, CBS Sports has that uh, mock draft right down there because really, I didn't even know that. I'm being totally honest. <laughs> oh yeah, he is the ideal fit right there. I mean, six five. Let me look. From Texas, uh, 
has experience playing professionally, yep. albeit not not very well. But, but it's still better than athleticism. Right. Yep. And you put him in that, put him with with that incredible coach. I see nothing but upside for him. You put him with the right coach, he could be. I'm not even going. Nope, not going to do that. <laughs> Do it, do it. No, 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 no. He could be. He could. Be he could Michael Jordan. No, he could. <laughs> hey, he could be. Poor man, Kobe. Poor man's Kobe. Poor man's Kobe. So yeah. are we talking Buddy Heald? <laughs> With yeah, that's that's yeah, 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 yeah. He could be. Yes. I think it's it's. Uh, I mean, Buddy Heald's coming around now. We yeah. were talking about him in a pre-show conversation mm, a couple yes. weeks ago, and yep. uh, he's finding his shot again. He is so finding a shot a again. Comparison. You're right. I think he and, and Bogdanovich though are gonna some one of those guys are gonna have to move because you, you can't hold both of them back because you can't do that. I know in Sacramento it will likely be the wrong player moved. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, That's cold, I'm, I'm man. In a burn, a burning bridges phase of my career. <laughs> I'm uh, noticing. <laughs> I'm not. Disclaimer. <laughs> it's Sean. <laughs> I'm just no, teasing. I, I've, I'm got, teasing. I've got love for the people who are still there, yeah. but I think there's uh, intrinsic problems with that organization that uh, are, are, are shown year in and year out, you know? You know, I I like to play GM. You know this. And, okay. and, and I like to think about things that are tradable assets. And, and I told someone, I said, what about Al Horford for... Who'd I say? Buddy Hill. That's you know, right. You know, or something like that. Or or and you can throw in Tobias. I know that's a big contract, and you give them Harrison Barnes and it just kinda helps everybody. It helps Philly, it helps Sack. You get some leadership with Fox and, and Bogdanovich with you know, with Horford and maybe Tobias with and I mean and in Philly they have their wings now. They have a shooter in Hield and, and a wing player and, and Harrison Barnes and I think it helps both teams. But I don't know, that's just me talking. Um, I mean, I think obviously that that's a, a, a better Philadelphia team immediately. Right. Sacramento, it's it's tough for me to see them juggling those pieces in any consistent fashion. But there is something to be said about the needed maturity you'd have there. Right. Exactly. G- guys who can. I think can, Horford would help yeah. Marvin Bagley, like essentially. Oh, absolutely. I, I, mean, Horford, I think he would. Yes, definitely. Horford, Horford's the perfect role model. Yes, definitely. You got uh, Lakers or Portland. Oh, I, I mean, I, I know I'm feeling spicy today. Let's let's do Portland. I'm doing Portland. I got Portland Clippers finals, or Western Conference finals. I have that Philly. I know I said Philly over Boston, but the Philly Boston winner and Miami in the Eastern Conference finals. I mean, you know, I was going to come into this call being like, uh, I look at that LeBron James. I mean. I, I don't know, right? He's showing that rust, but you're you're actually looking at those numbers, and he's still producing. He is significantly. He is. And the assist numbers alone, I am noticing an interesting trade-off. Where in the past, you know, he'd be dominating the complete box score. Now he usually settles for about two of three categories. So he'll do points and assists, or assists and rebounds one game. So mm-hmm. obviously, it just hit him. But I'm not going to be that schmuck who's on who's on this podcast saying LeBron James is going to show his age. Nah. Uh, you look at you look at the rest of the people on that team, and boy, you can just put so many hypotheticals up in that situation whether Anthony Davis is actually right. prepared to make a serious run at a championship for once whether any of those depth players are going to actually perform Kuzma's been inconsistent lately Dwight Howard I mean I don't even know what you what to expect with 15 minutes of him Deion Waiters a whole bunch of fun but you look at a Portland team that's just so well, so well-rounded and deep that just have pieces that fit side right. by side. Everyone has a purposes on purpose on that team. Now I do think that that's contingent on CJ McCollum's health. First of all, yeah, yeah. So that oh, so yeah. let's put that disclaimer out there first. Yeah, healthy C, healthy CJ, eighty five percent CJ is about my max where I feel confident in Portland. Uh, I, 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 I would I would agree with that. Yeah, I would feel uh, confident. But if not, seventy five percent for CJ because I think Damon Lillard has a history of compensating for other people's weaknesses and i just want to say cj mccollum is is a weakness but lillard has stars in his eyes right now i think and he's he's ready he's going for that bubble life mvp i just want to see dame lillard and and paul george um in in the western cops final for seven straight games 
God, the storylines of that. I want to see the 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 <laughs> Dame's sister and 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 Paul's uh, girl talking on 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 the social media. I just want to see that. <laughs> so, would, would you say that uh, that would be a long-standing relationship? <laughs> you know, for the NBA. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. So, the NBA put out something that says you have to prove. So, they're going to let players, um, families um, come to the bubble for a second round or third round series or whatever, but you have to prove that you're in a long-standing relationship. How do you go about that? <laughs> yeah, is there, is there like, here's family, here's a photo album of family pictures? <laughs> like camp, like we went camping like three years ago, and, and this is us fishing over here, and like, so I, like I don't know. Kawhi's like, well, I'm definitely bringing my uncle, we all love him. Right, we definitely love him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it's 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 tough. I'm assuming. I think the NBA and the NBPA has done a truly incredible job with this. Yeah, LeBron's bringing Dwayne Wade. They've, they've consulted with enough intelligent people to believe that. For me to believe that they have a realistic plan in mind. Yeah. But it is funny to see these rules that essentially prohibit, you know, uh, agents, personal chefs, exactly. masseuses, and Instagram models from right. into the bubble. Because you know Rich Paul and Maverick Carter are definitely trying to get in that thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> could you imagine the collusion that could be done at Disney World? Oh, Lord. <laughs> no, no I, I take it back. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. They're getting snow cones over on the ride over there. They're like, hey, uh, what you looking like over there? You want to come over here next year? <laughs> I'm, weather, weather's nice here, but uh, yeah. imagine what it's like over there. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely. Th- how do you? But seriously, how do you determine longstanding? Do you need to show a bill together? Like this is we have the same address on a piece of mail or what? I I feel like it's like that Supreme Court uh, ruling on on what porn is. You know, if I know it, I see it. <laughs> right. I guess you're right. If it's like if I feel like this is a family member, it's a family member. <laughs> uh, if it's like your third cousin twice removed, they're like. You know your best friend from high school's like uh, you know you know uh, nephew. Then maybe not. But if it's like, okay, I grew up with this person. This is my guy from the neighborhood. I lived with his family for a couple months, or you know, just your simple brother, sister, mother, father, uh, son, daughter. Then yes. But it if really it, does open up a really fun can of worms. Yeah. Like, uh, well, I, I liked her page like three thousand times. Does that work? <laughs> I, I, I guess if you have that paperwork, you can submit it. You're right. Definitely. Definitely. Be like, uh, hey, uh, Kaylee Jenner is in town. I mean, uh, (laughs) right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So I I don't know. That's going to be interesting because there's going to be that person who's not going to be able to get in, and we're going to hear about that. And I'm going to look forward to someone's social media blowing up for the person that couldn't get into the bubble. Oh yeah, you're going to have like a three, uh, a six paragraph Instagram exactly uh, thought from uh, from Superfan ninety nine who. really feels like he has a strong relationship with the team, you know, and he just couldn't make it in. And if someone wants to do a bubble life reject IG, <laughs> go ahead, you can have it. <laughs> I mean, watch it. Yeah, I definitely watch it. I definitely watch it. Who's your finals picks? All right. Or or Western and Eastern Conference. I need to see two teams from from each side. All right. One second. Let me let me get my papers in order. Uh oh. Sh- shuffling some papers. Uh oh. Alright, so let's do I have Bucks and Raptors winning that first matchup, right? Against yeah. Magic yeah, and yeah, Nets. Yeah. And I want I, I wanna believe uh, I have some I wanna believe that this is the year the Bucks can put it together mm. and really be cohesive rather than doing what they've done in the past where you're just finding that that front court just falling apart. I mean, mm-hmm. too often guys like Eric Bledsoe and George Hill have looked like the answer for that team, and then come playoff team, they just can't do it. Right. Um, but it's a deep team. Giannis is truly unbelievable. Middleton's a wonderful Robin to his Batman. Yes. But when it comes down to it, I think the Raptors are playing really good ball right now, and they are just so deep in all the right ways where they have the type of body types that you can put on Giannis and not stop him, but impede him and force those Milwaukee Milwaukee role players to maybe step up in ways that they simply cannot. Okay. So you think, because I know you think Boston's going to beat Philly, you think Toronto's going to get past Boston? 
it's going to be real interesting. Okay, okay. I, I, I wonder, too. I think an, a healthy Boston team ought to win that. But I have a lot of, I have a lot of trouble putting any kind of belief on, on the health of those guys long terms, maybe for a two or three week run. But it's just tough when you see guys like Kemba seemingly struggling and then you have to put them in a, a playoff series against a Fred Van Fleet and a Kyle Lowry. Okay. Guys who are just who intend to make your life a living hell, bring the ball up the court. So I think it'll be really good basketball, but uh, Toronto probably wins right now, yeah. Okay. So you got Milwaukee, Toronto in the finals? East Conference Finals? Yeah. You think Miami, so Milwaukee can handle Jimmy Butler? I, I mean, I think Jimmy will get his. Okay. All right. I have no no doubt Jimmy's going to show okay. out and, and make that an absolute grind, but okay. Miami's just so young at this point. Gotcha. So Milwaukee, Toronto in the East for Sean. Yes. And what's your West look like? Hmm. Hmm. I have Portland Clippers. I think that's pretty much where I'm headed to. Okay. Yeah. That Clippers and Denver will be awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'll be awesome. Denver's be coming. Fireworks there. Yeah, Denver's coming, NBA. Watch out. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Another time. Well, a couple good draft picks, a nice free agent signing. That team's challenging for third or fourth next year and yep. potential for more. You get Paul Millsap's hefty contract off, and then you re-sign him for a lower contract. And get someone else with that extra money. You'll be just fine. It'll be in a real good place. Let's talk some bubble awards. Or are you gonna do the fi- right. or are you gonna do your finals pick too? Yeah, let's do it. The Clippers win that. Okay. So let's you got go, uh, Clippers, Toronto. Ooh. You have that incredible Kawhi Leonard storyline. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Uh, that's gonna be so the the official Ewing Theory Finals, as Bill Simmons will probably call it. Okay. All right. It's gonna be so fun. And do you pick? And who do you pick to win? Let's go Clippers. Yeah. So just, just a little, a little too much. I think they match up very well. Yeah. But every advantage Toronto has over teams in the East, namely their size and their defensive tenacity, I think the Clippers have a counter for. Yeah. And then you're just left with guys like Paul George and Lou Williams who will just snipe you from the perimeter and make plays, and uh, it's, it'll just be a little too much. But as I've said many times, it'll be fun basketball because there's a heck of a lot of parody this year. Definitely. And it could go either way, but that's my matchup, and I think it'll be a goodie. And there's no home court advantage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Factor. Yeah. I, so I know I'm waffling on this Philly-Boston. I still have Philly, but I am going to put a disclaimer, and it's very cheap and very tacky of me. I'm just going to say that as well. But the Philly-Boston winner will go to the finals. I have So I have Philly going to the finals. Going to the finals. And I have them going against the Clippers. But Ugh. I think Portland, I think it's it's going to be overtime in game, triple overtime in game seven between Clippers and Portland in that Western Conference Finals. I just think who so the person with the ball last wins the game. I mean, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, that's Damon Lillard time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, But that could be Kawhi time too, so I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the more overtimes go on, it's like Damon Lillard like gets powers enhanced by the sun or something. You know, he's like Superman. You know what? It's like you you could put him in a six overtime game and he'd walk out of there with like 111 points. You know what? I'm riding with Dame till the wheels fall off. I got Portland as my 2020 NBA champions. That's what I want to hear. And I feel like that's a team everybody can get behind, you know? Who in their right mind hates Portland? Yeah, I, I, yes. So I got Portland winning my championship, and you have the Clippers. I have the Clippers. This is going to be fun. So that means bubble awards. Who's your coach? Who's your coach of the bubble? Mister Monty Williams. I am one hundred percent with you on that. They're taking it to Dallas as we speak right now. Still, st- still some time left to play, but this team's going to walk out of the bubble undefeated, feeling so good about themselves. Whether they make the playoffs or not, yeah. they have found something. They have found and something. that's got to be the best feeling in the world. It's going to sting like hell, though. Yeah, it's going to suck. But that's it's going to you know, suck. That's the kind of hurt that helps. That's the that's kind of hurt team. that helps. Because now, 
not only Devin Booker, that's going to make him a mean. He he's going to channel his his Black Mamba. DeAndre Ayton, I think this has helped him tremendously because he was suspended earlier in the year, and I know they have to humble him. And then he's got the plan, and then the season went into shambles, so that humbled him some more. And now he's like, "Hey, I can't, I'm missing this game too much, so yeah. time to ball out." Yeah, because it looks like the Grizzlies are gonna pull it out against the Bucks. So Phoenix, now you're gonna get the top three pick, <laughs> and you're gonna get a Congo from USC, and you're gonna be just fine. Or you're gonna get. A nice point guard, Halliburton, and you're gonna be Mr. just fine. Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, that's gonna be crazy. Um, so your most improved player in the bubble, I guess. Like, wow, this dude, I was not expecting. Give, you can give me three, actually. Okay, good, because I've I've been waffling a little. I really like what Gary Trent has been doing. Oh, I forgot about you. Can give me four, actually. Okay. <laughs> No, give me three. Give me three. Good. So let, let's give Gary Trent the third spot. Okay. Just because I've been really, really impressed with him finally finding a shot and giving Portland a different look than they had before. He's really the ideal option for them now. Yes. Number two, this this is just most improved player we're talking about. What are we talking about here? Just most improved player. I kind of I kind of want to go for uh, Michael Porter Jr. Okay. For both on and off the court yeah. reasons. Okay. Because I feel like he's kind of developing into a personality that Denver needs. Mm. Where they've been so innocuous. I mean, the most personality they ever had, you know, was those teams with J.R. Smith and Carmelo right. Anthony. Right. Because Jamal Murray. Kenyon Martin. Right. Jamal so Murray is not in them. the. Yeah, Jamal Murray is not in. He's not. He doesn't have as much personality as Michael Porter Jr. I will totally agree with I you. I said you can, you know you can't sell perfume with Jamal Murray. Right. right. You can win ball games with Jamal Murray. You can't sell perfume. Right. Michael Porter Jr. though, whether he's running his mouth or not, has something a certain Kanye West level of charisma that yeah. I think is going to make him a star in this league, especially if he keeps developing on the court like he is right now. I was thinking more a cross between Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter. Ooh. Like, I don't know which one. I think he's sexy like that. There's a, there's a little bit of that. Yeah, there's I think I think that. he can put Denver on his back and just be, like, in commercials and tuxedos and, like, the next James Bond or something. I, I could see there's a little, there is a little bit of Hollywood. Yeah, he's Hollywood for real. <laughs> not, not in, like, a, a terrible way. Like, no. Okay, Noah right. would accuse somebody of being, but... He he does have that swagger that you look for. Oh yeah, he's he gonna be doing uh, those red those those de- deodorant commercials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, give him, make him the new. He's the uh, new Rick Fox. <laughs> exactly. I want to see him on a BET show for the next six years or something. He's the new Rick Fox. <laughs> new Rick Fox. <laughs> um, and who's number one? I was gonna say. I mean, before I might have to give it to T.J. Warren. Hmm. Mm. I, I'm worried long term about what that plantar fasciitis could mean, but what he did for in the bubble is absolutely unimpeachable. Right, helping get Indiana where they are, carrying that team on his back in times when it looked like who knew what was going on with Victor Oladipo. Right, and uh, Warren has stepped up and shown why he had so many accolades heading into and coming out of college and getting drafted, and he is the player everybody wanted him to be. And it's just a matter of the work he put in. I mean, 31 points, 58% shooting, absolute insanity. You, you can't say nothing about that. You know, I, I totally agree. I was hyping T.J. Warren when he was in Phoenix, you know, um, and Michael Bridges has made me forget about him in Phoenix. Yeah. So, But T.J. Warren is my number three uh, for for uh, most improved. And the reason he was number one until he put up 13 against Jimmy Butler. It didn't help, did it? It did not help, and twelve of that being in the first half. Maybe it was twelve. I may have read it wrong, but he didn't. He scored twelve in the first half, and I don't think he scored another bucket in the second half. But so he went to three. Number two is Michael Porter Jr. for the okay. same reasons that you stated. And you're like, who the heck is going to be number one for Derek's most improved, like the wow factor, most improved that you just did not expect? So I did expect it. But y'all didn't expect it. My number one is Bold Bowl. Bold Bowl. Yes, I think he showed the world what's about that. What's on tap for him? Don't be shocked. Okay. You watch Denver's gonna 
Watch out, world. Denver's coming. I mean, I, I don't think it's an insane thing to say. He showed me. He showed me what I saw that first or second game in Oregon, with Oregon, and that's all I needed to see. And I said, okay, that's enough. He's, he's, if he if he plays and he's healthy, he's gonna be great. And he played and he's healthy. And watch Bobo and watch him get in that weight room this summer. Put on six pounds and he's gonna be awesome. <laughs> uh, you, you can't you can't say enough about what he can develop if he can stay healthy. What that potential is. Yeah. Yeah. And finding him in a, finding him playing out of position right now and still looking great. Blocking shots, pulling up now—it's—he's he, uh, a unicorn, Definitely. absolute unicorn. So I—I I, I can't call you crazy for that, certainly. I right, now your top three, three, two, one of MVP. Who you got? Okay, so I, I've been thinking about this too, and I was reading about you know Ramona, Ramona Shelburne saying that she's factoring narrative enough narrative mm-hmm. we, we don't need that it's no. all about the nuts and bolts who is playing the best basketball who contributes the most who leads their team to victory and i i have to give it to Giannis again Ooh. uh and uh, head butting or not mm-hmm. you know uh that doesn't bother ju- me yeah just what he does on such efficiency both offensively and defensively, he is the straw that serves the drink for that team. Definitely. Not to mention the fact that he is their leading rebounder. Right. And I love the look to, on Coach he, Bud's face when he headbutted oh, him. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah, Giannis has got a passion to him. A lot of people don't necessarily realize it, but there oh, yeah. is an attitude there. Well, when you got, what, four brothers, what do all you do? You fight. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And especially, it's an athletic family too. Yeah. Each and every one of those is an athlete. The older brother, yeah, uh, the one before Thanasis is a is a soccer player. Yes, pretty talented at that. He still Thanasis, lives in uh, Germany, right? I believe so. Yes. Yep. yep. Um, I, I'll tell you, when I was in Milwaukee, you would see Giannis do a, do a game of practice, do a day of practice, come home, and then spell, spend about four to five hours with his younger brothers, Kostis of the Lakers and mm-hmm. Alex of Dayton. Yeah. Uh, right now, just putting up shots. So he, the reason he is successful is because he puts the work in, and the reason the Bucks are successful is solely because of him. Yeah. Uh, my number two would would have to be Harden. Okay. Just mm. because of Harden's insane usage rate, mm. and how he has been able to largely prove us wrong with working with Westbrook again. Right. I don't think anybody could have predicted that would be as successful as it actually has. Not sure to mention the fact that Harden hasn't really had to defer that much at all. It speaks to Westbrook's character that he actually has allowed that to happen, and in doing so has let Harden, you know, lead the league in free throw attempts and and usage and just turnovers, yes, but still making the plays necessary to get that team where they are. So I have a, I have a lot of respect for what he's doing especially defensively now. No one could predict he'd lead the league in steals as he does now. Um, truly a, another fine season for James Harden, and there's no shame in finishing second in these hypothetical awards. Right. Number three, you got to go with LeBron. Um, just how he has transformed himself this late into his career into <laughs> effectively Magic Johnson assist-wise. Right. Um, and doing it with a team of really disparate parts that doesn't necessarily work together, that he has just willed into becoming this really impressive force, uh, given the burden of expectations, you know, and the fact that they can add people like Howard and and Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith and not expect this to blow up in their faces just because LeBron James has that much leadership potential and that much charisma is a testament to, to what he's done. So once again, it's an incre- absolutely incredible race, but I-, I would put him at third, but not distantly so. So LeBron's third on this list. Yes. Harden second. And uh, Mr. Giannis yet again winning and it. Giannis, okay. So all right. So does that change for just the bubble, or is that just you, you're adding the bubble to the entire season? I, I was I was adding it for the entire season. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. I think Giannis wins the MVP there. Yeah, bubble yeah. bubble wise though, it, it's it's tough for me to, to 
tough for me to really say, but bubble-wise, I would do Dame Lillard number one, mm-hmm. and then uh, Mr. Booker number two. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this bubble should be, I mean, of course it's included. I think Dame Lillard should win the MVP now of the entire season. And if he puts up, let's say, 35 or so against Brooklyn, enough to win. Yeah. Because I think he willed his team into the playoffs. Yeah. And then they're going to add that playing game as well. That's true. So they'll add that. And if he goes for 60 against Phoenix, I think that gets you the MVP. I mean, we talked about how tough it is really to draw any conclusions from this bubble. He told you what he was coming to Orlando to do, and well, he like did you it. Said, like it was a statement of purpose. Like he's he wrote an essay, right? He yeah. says, This is what I'm going to do. Then he did it, and now he's going to say, "This is what I did." Right. And I'm gonna beat the Lakers. I'm going to. The, I'm going. I'm going to win a championship. So I mean, I I I also think given given the body of work. Yeah, like, you, you give him the award, my eyes aren't going to pop out of my skull. Right. Certainly right. not. I think I think Giannis will win the MVP. Yeah. I just think people kind of forgot about last season. I mean, the first part of that season. So I think uh, I think the bubble should be a little bit more heavily weighed. That's what I think. I, I think so, too. I just have trouble, and this is not, not his fault, not Lillard's fault at all. But believing that a team that's probably going to finish maybe 35, 39, 36, 39 will be able to have an MVP come off of it. And that's not to say anything about what he's done for that team because he is their motor, he's their heart. But people, a lot of voters are just going to look at the raw standings and say, well, I mean, come on. Right. You know? Uh, yeah, I, I can see that, but I think that 2020 is going to have an, an, an it's a little, not an asterisk, maybe more, uh, I think, uh, who said that? Uh, Candace Parker said an exclamation point. Yeah, I, I think I think that's it on. Yeah. I think we will see these these two halves of the season pretty clearly delineated. Yes, definitely. Um, and when you see what Lillard has done, that's that's MVP. 37 points per game. Obviously, yeah. That's, that's it's MVP. very small. 48.5% yeah. field goal, 41 from three-point line. Uh, I know. So number three for me, just bubble, is going to be Devin Booker. Okay. Uh, he's almost shooting 50% from the field, 35% from the three-point line. Number two is Luka. Luka. I love Luka. 32, 32 points per game, uh, 47% from the field goals. And then Dame Lillard is my MVP. I think Dame Lillard's going to get a lot of votes for the NBA MVP. I'm not sure how they're going to fix that. I hope they kind of weigh these a little heavy, but who knows? But Giannis is the MVP. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we, we should say right now as we speak, Devin Booker is on his way to probably at least 30 points, very efficient shooting, mm-hmm. taking it to Luka Whew. As, as we speak. And on, I mean, on my way out, see you next year. It's it's truly impressive. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's closing the door. He's like, I'll see y'all next year. This is I'll be back. <laughs> there there is a reason why John Calipari valued me. He exactly, valued elite basketball players. Yeah, and here I am. And here I am. Yeah. Hey, Sean. Thanks for coming in today, man. Um, I enjoyed this with you, man. We uh, well, same bat time, same bat channel, huh? Uh, let, let's do it. Uh, I want to apologize to all the. Uh, Basketball people I have offended. Uh, please don't blackball me. Uh, it's just telling it like it is, as the, as the hotshots say. So this was an absolute blast, and uh, we'll do this again soon, yeah. You notice it's cancel culture. So, yeah, we, we, we're just, hey, y'all, it's, it's all good. We all have opinions, and, and sorry if we offended anyone, but I doubt we did. But some of y'all, you know, hey. I'm <laughs> glad we were able to do this, Sean. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll see you soon, Sean. See you then. All right, brother. Bye. Once again. Thanks to Sean Gantwork for coming in to the Front Office Podcast to help me with this. Um, appreciate you, brother. Thanks to all the fans. Thanks to everyone who's coming in to support us. I'm getting a lot of good feedback already, and this is just episode two. So we're going to keep the content coming, and we're going to continue to try to um, bring in and more people to talk sports because that's the thing that we love. Y'all keep it solid.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.